Creative Brain Candy by creators for creators. Officials are warning more ships have just arrived over the capitals of India, England, and Germany, bringing estimates up to anywhere from 10 to 15 of these city sized spacecraft. I know, my just try and stay calm. As to why Tell her to pack up and leave town. Why? What happened? Just do it! Oh, Ma, Ma, listen, oh, get your stuff together and uh, head for NS. Don't argue with me, just go! David, why did I just send my mother to Atlanta? David! David, talk to me! You hear me tell you that the signal hidden in the satellite feed is slowly recycling down to extinction? Not really. Countdown. Countdown. Wait a countdown to what, David? Uh, it's like in chess. First, you strategically position your pieces, then when the timing's right, you strike. See? They're positioning themselves all over the world, using this one signal to synchronize their efforts in approximately six hours. The signal's gonna disappear and the countdown's gonna be over. And then what? Checkmate. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God, I gotta call my brother. I better call my housekeeper. I gotta call my lawyer. Uh, forget my lawyer. Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week we discuss the film that turned the alien invasion genre on its head and set a new level for summer blockbusters and inspirational speeches. It's 1996's Independence Day. But first, he's the guy in the flying saucer hat on top of the IBM building in the L.A. waiting for his turn to get probed. To my guy who just wants to get the fuck out of town and gets rear-ended on the way out, it's James. How are you doing, James? Uh, yeah, I was doing good until that, that introduction. That was, I, I, I look, I, I would not welcome our alien overlords oh, fuck at all. Oh, fuck I would you not. Wouldn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be, I, I would have my you would guns be on top ready. of that building going, I was right. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. And he's the weird scientist who never sees the light of day and acts as a translator after an alien tentacle is shoved up his ass. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? Um, First off, I need to uh, I need to say something. Cat um, and Logan need to come back down here to Texas because um, one, it's fourteen degrees Fahrenheit, which is negative ten Celsius, and I think I just saw a moose in my front yard. What do you mean back down? Were they down there before? Did they come visit uh, you? Obviously, they did because it's uh, the moose has a a collar on it that says "If found, return to Canada." And they're the only two <laughs> Canadians I know. So they wow. need to come get their shit, take the snow with them. You know, it it's, feels like negative 26 here. Fahrenheit. I don't care. It is. Oh. I'm not supposed to have this I kind of weather. I find it hilarious that when you Southerners start bitching about how cold it is, like you get it for a couple of days. You're like, oh, it's a cold. A yeah, I can't wait till next weekend. Next weekend, it's going to be 65. Okay, you yeah, can't include me in that group. No, I'm not. Because you have moved it, and now he's you officially live a with northerner. It. Oh yeah, you live with it every day now. So, I used to live with it every day hell. when I was young too. I lived in a place in Texas that well, actually then, had winter. Okay, so there you go. Like, but uh, uh, unfortunately, Rob doesn't. He and, and he's bitching about it. He gets like literally three days of cold 
oh, I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> Turn your fucking heater on and shut the fuck up. That's how you handle it. That's how we handle it. Like, God damn. I don't, I'm just tired of it. It's all over social media. James, like, shut I, up and watch and look at this. <laughs> James, what's happening around CBC this week? Uh, happening around CBC this week. We're still looking for a couple of podcasters for Bad Gamers Anonymous. So if you are a video game uh, expert, and I put that in quotes because you really don't, you could be a novice. I don't give a shit, but you want a podcast, go to creativebraincandy.com, click the apply button. And while you're there, check out the great family of podcasts that we have, including spoiler, they die. Spoiler, they die is a fantastic podcast. I'm getting choked up just talking about how good it is. Uh, these two uh, women, fine, upstanding Canadian citizens, because all Canadian citizens are fine and upstanding. I think if you're not, they just boot you out of Canada. Uh, they're Cat uh, and Logan. They do just, uh, they're, they're the best female podcasters we have uh, on Creative Brain Candy. Um, they, they know crime, they know true crime. They're great uh, at extortion. And uh, just explaining to people about murder and death. And they're really great at marrying uh, murder and death together with humor. Peanut butter and jelly. Pineapple on a pizza. Um, which is an abomination, by the way. Don't do that. No, it's not. Uh, it, it, oh, my God. You're one of those? Anyway, back to Cat and Logan. Like They're just fantastic individuals. Um, I can't really say enough about how good they are. So I won't. Uh, com. Check out all the great podcasts we have there. And that's all that's going on around uh, CBC this week. Thanks, James. Rob, you got any uh -huh. news for us this week? Uh, yeah. So the first thing I've got is um, Netflix is producing a new anime series uh, called Pacific Rim the Black. Um, Yay. They just... Yeah, they just released a trailer for it. It it looks halfway interesting. I won't watch it, but you know there might be some you know huge Pacific Rim fans that I've never even show. seen Who the knows? Pacific Rim movie. Wait, you've never oh, seen the Pacific is that on Rim our, movie? Is that on our list? Because if it's not, it needs to be. It needs to be. Uh, Although I don't, uh, he probably is going to say it's a, a what is it? Kaiju. It is kaiju. Well, it yeah. is kaiju, and but yeah. it's, technically it's, kaiju is sci-fi. So yes, there you go. it would qualify yep. it's, uh, right. if it's not on the yeah, list. I'll put it on there. God, damn it's it. more sci-fi than eleven twenty-two sixty-three. One hundred percent. Yeah, because it's got rock and sock and robots. Well, yeah. no, that was real steel. That was real um, steel, dude. They pull out a sword. It has swords in it. That's freaking awesome. And jump jets. Oh, and uh, <laughs> what's his name? Ron Perlman. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's coming out. It's supposed to be coming out in on March fourth. So hey, if you're a Pacific Rim fan and you like anime, um, go watch it. Apparently, this takes place um, after the the second movie. Australia got overrun. I don't know if it's in. I don't think I ever know. saw the second movie. Yeah, I don't think it's in. Uh, you know, canon, but that's their. All right, is it That's dubbed thing. or is it or uh, no. is it so no. so there's it's, subtitles. Wait. No, no. They made it's a second anime. Pacific Rim movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uprising. Yeah, yeah I never mm -hmm. watched it. Yeah. The it first one was phenomenal. Like if you didn't like the first Pacific Rim movie, I'm fairly confident you're a communist. Mhm. Mm well, speaking so of communists, so the first communist, one was so phenomenal you skipped the second one. 
I'd lost interest at that point. <laughs> it's because it took too long to come out. Yeah, it really did. All right, what else you got, Rob? Um, the other thing I've got, or I've got a couple other things. Uh, the I was going to say, I you have, only have two things? You only took two shits this week? No, no, I've got three things. Um, there is potentially a habitable <laughs> exoplanet around Alpha Centauri A. Uh, so they've been, you know, they... They knew that there was uh, a planet inside of uh, the habitable zone um, around Centauri B. Uh, for those that don't know, Centauri is a three-star solar system. Uh, so they thought that there was a habitable planet around B. Uh, they've done some research and some more observations of Alpha Centauri, and they think they have found something around a wait is it a three-star solar system or a three-star cluster three-star i guess is a three-star system is what it's saying okay all right Uh, i'm just is this the super earth that i just read about Mm, like it's supposed like it's in the goldilocks zone and it's like three times the size of earth or whatever yeah i think so okay yeah all right well all right so that's kind of cool yeah Sure. You got um, anything exciting this week? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so it was uh, reported uh, earlier this week, uh, three days ago, um, that uh, Scott Bakula is going to be returning as Jonathan Archer to Star Trek. This Don't is all know. you have. This is all you have. Yeah. Why not? Well, because it's that's that's silly. Number one, he's he'd be returning to Picard. And or well, or or how? Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds would make more sense, but yeah. I, I had why, read that why it was going to be it, Picard. Well, they're saying likely a Picard. How's it going to show up in weird. Picard? Yeah. Probably through the holodeck, the Probably same way that, that uh, yeah. Riker and Troy showed up in the series finale of Enterprise, which was the holodeck. Yeah, which was dumb. No, it wasn't dumb. I so, thought it was a great idea, but it was a great episode, not a great way to end a series. And trips, yeah, death yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's was, that's why yeah. I think it's that's why I thought it was dumb is because uh, okay, it's great as a one-off episode, but season finale, and you're basically, you know, making Riker the star, right? Because even the most casual of of Next Generation fans will remember the Pegasus. And oh yeah. my God, Starfleet has a cloaked ship. What the? And oh my God, Riker was involved. And oh my God, like everybody remembers that. So it was a great episode. It was a great callback. But then to just kind of like shoehorn in Trip's death, and it just kind of all seemed very forced. And like it ended focusing more on the Pegasus and Riker and Troy than it did uh, the Enterprise. Like yeah, it was mm-hmm. kind of yeah. It was, like, yeah, it was it was not well yeah. received. No. But I can't believe you're not talking about the Pentagon. No, 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 oh, no. God. See, I'm, I'm saving that. Uh, you're saving that for what? For when I have to do my uh, my proof. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. That's actually pretty good evidence at this point. Yeah. That the Pentagon is saying that they have, they have re- recovered and are testing uh, yeah. UFO material. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Consider the fucking source. What? It's all over. It was on daily. It looked, it's actual, it's released from the Pentagon, the Department of Defense. Like they have released it. And you read yeah. that. Like you release? can sit there and go, sure? it's the sun, it's the Daily Mail, it's this, but it's on several websites. It's on several reputable websites, uh, news Name websites. one. The Daily Mail? No. <laughs> it's kind of reputable. No. 
The U.S. Sun? No. <laughs> Barstool Sports? No. Barstool Sports totally counts as reputable. No, it doesn't. Oh, my God. Whatever. <sighs> We're doing a pod crawl. <laughs> let's do a pod crawl. Who's ready? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. let's do it. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. The film opens in Los Angeles just before an earthquake on the lot where the moon landing was filmed. As the earthquake hits and shifts the sands that act as moon dust, an ominous shadow covers the set, foreshadowing the fate of all the sets in the rest of the film. Meanwhile, in New York there is still nothing good to watch on cable, and the signal is crap. David gets called in to fix things and decodes a hidden message in the satellite signals that's basically an oven timer app. In Washington, President Lone Star is getting briefed about a very large object heading for Earth that's as big as a state. While watching a press conference announcing the possibility of a large ship in orbit, David uses his advanced MIT degrees to put two and two together, and realizes that aliens are using the satellites to coordinate an event, and he doesn't have a good feeling about it being a meet and greet. David grabs his dad and heads to Washington, where it just so happens his ex-wife is part of the White House staff. She brings David in to talk with the president, and he explains that all the smaller ships that have positioned over major population centers will do something pretty bad in about half an hour. Lone Star tells everyone to load up into Winnebago 1 and get the fuck out of Dodge. (laughs) They race off just in time to watch Washington, D.C. get destroyed along with 14 other major cities. In California, Captain Hiller and his F-18 squadron fly out of El Toro to mount a counterattack against the giant flying pancakes but they are outmatched by the alien shield technology, and Hiller is the only one to survive after leading an alien chasing him into the side of a cliff. He grabs the unconscious body and starts dragging it across the salt flats when he comes across a caravan of meth labs driving through the desert. He hitches a ride and tells them there is a super-secret base nearby, which happens to be the fabled Area 51. Already there are the President and his amazing friends. They've gotten the grand tour of the place and learned that we've known about these aliens since the 50s, have a few of their preserved corpses, and one of their cool classic fighter craft, complete with fins. About this time, Hiller arrives with his band of roving refugees, and they bring the alien corpse down into the bowels to film Alien Autopsy 2, Electric Boogaloo. The alien doesn't like to be under the knife, however, and tries to buy its freedom with a puppet act. Lone Star has had enough of these motherfucking aliens on this motherfucking planet, and decides to nuke them. He sends B-2 bombers out to all the flying saucers, and the first to arrive is over Houston. They launch the nuke, it annihilates the coastal city, and does nothing to the target. It did, however, set David off on a bender, but like all benders, it gives him a brilliant idea. What if they were to inject a computer virus into the alien mainframe, or hack the mothership, if you will? And then nuke it from inside, of course. David posits that this will drop the shields long enough for the world's military forces to mount an offensive to destroy the ships. Hiller volunteers to be the wheel man, and they take off to the mothership. Lone Star gives a stirring speech, and suits up to lead the offensive once the shields are down proving this is a last-ditch effort since if he doesn't make it back, or if the ships don't go down, he will be president over a pile of ash. Hiller and David make it to the mothership, and are autopiloted in. The virus load goes as planned, proving this is make-believe, but when they go to leave, they realize they are locked in place. The two say fuck it, and launch the nuke anyways, which miraculously frees them. They have 30 seconds to beat feet out of there before the whole thing goes boom. Back on Earth, the President and Black Sheep Squadron have expended most of their missiles, but haven't done enough damage. 
The president gets the brilliant idea of shoving a missile up the alien ship's ass, but only Russell, the crazed drunk of a crop duster, has a missile left. Unfortunately it's jammed, but he's been probed by enough aliens to know how it works, so he flies his F-18 straight up the ship's poop chute and blows his load. Lone Star sends the message to the world on how to give the aliens a colonoscopy, the mothership blows up, Hiller and David crash back to Earth and smoke Swisher Sweets, the king of cigars, to celebrate and roll everyone watching flaming debris falling to Earth on the 4th of July, credits. God, you did so well with this pod crawl until the very end. No, no, I thought it was excellent. You're right. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, Yeah. nailed it at the end. Perfect. I wouldn't have changed a thing. (laughs) Not going to. (sighs) Good God. All right, so uh, Independence Day. This is the epitome of a turn your brain off and just enjoy all the cool (laughs) effects movie. You know what? Here's the thing. So the, they like, still hold up, though. They, no, they don't. Uh, well, some, some of them, them do. do. Some, some of them do. Some of them don't. When, when I was watching this, the very first one that caught my eye, that I went, oh, Jason. Like, Jason's just got to be so frustrated watching this movie. Like a, like a teenage boy uh, who somehow sneaks into a strip club. Uh, and, like, then he's immediately brought. Like, just that kind of level of frustration uh, is when the satellite hit the... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> hit the ship and like there's an explosion. I'm like, there wouldn't have been an explosion. No. Like, was it like, made Jason out of gasoline? Right? <laughs> right? It's like so. I'm like, Jason hates this. Like he hates all these. Well, no, it things. was even before that. It was when the ship was going over the moon and the moon was vibrating. Vib- yes. Oh my god! Right. Yeah, I wrote that down. I was like, uh, how can a ship in space cause vibrations on the moon? Yeah. Yeah. How? All How? these but that's but that just for me that enhances my enjoyment of any movie knowing that Jason's watching the same thing that I am and hating all these little things is driving him nuts like Rob tapping him on the shoulder every 3 seconds going. <laughs> now, usually Jason, when a movie Jason, starts Jason. like that, like within the first 10 seconds of the movie and it's it's got some kind of bullshit like that, I immediately just shut off. I just watch the movie for the movie's sake and I don't fucking try and pick apart the physics or the or or the plot or anything. I but just this is a good movie, right? Like you agree with that, yeah. don't you? Yeah, it is. Okay. It's it's very okay. it's very stirring. The plot is uh very relatable and and very enjoyable. It is a good movie and it, I thought it was yeah. well shot, it's well paced. Uh the the graphics are still okay for the time. I, yeah, I mean, it, I, there are there are people that can do better at home with Photoshop now, but sure. But I mean, considering this was 1995, 96. Well, well, yeah. And yeah, all no, of the, the aircraft, except for the biplane that, that acted as the crop duster, were all CG effects or models. I thought they did really well. Oh, yeah. The planes held up, but like the ship blowing up. At the like the at the end the pancakes blowing up, like it all it looked very, very fake. Yeah, like the I mean, practi- yeah, like the like and when when the ship was on, uh, like the cityscape, where you could see, like it just looked very fake. Yeah, you could definitely tell they they comp, uh, composited models on top of the cityscapes. Yeah, so. There were there are times where that was jarring, but for the most part, I thought this movie held up pretty good. I think probably the character that I like least in this movie is the president. He just he's how do you not like him? I, I don't know. He just he's a he one is the Dudley do right of America. 
Like that's what that character is. Everything he did, he did the right way. No, I or get what that. The, right. So how do you not like that? There was no conflict in him. And did the, the, they but you tried don't to want make conflict in a leader? They, they well, I mean, everybody's got conflict. Everybody's well, got. I get that. Yeah, I understand that. But when you think of, look, we here in America. For those of you who aren't, you know, li- who are listening, who aren't from America, we here in America tend to deify our founding fathers: George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, Hamilton, like all these people. We tend to deify them. And we we kind of usually overlook or conveniently forget that they were human and they had a flaws, a lot of flaws, a ton of flaws. No flaws at all. What are you talking about? Right. So that's what they did with, in my mind, that's what they did with this character. They were like, we're going to make the president be the best of the best, like cream of the crop, military guy. Like he's going to do everything the right way from the start. And he, he did struggle to be fair, he did struggle with the nuclear strike on Houston. See, I so, didn't. I didn't see that as struggling to be fair. I thought that was struggling to make a call. He he was he was torn. opposed to making a decision. I, I thought he was opposed to to doing it. Is what I thought he was because you know, but it, it, it may have just been may have been that maybe he was very middle of the road and couldn't make a call and didn't want to make the decision, and so you had. David play the part of like the conscious, right? Like where you can't, you can't do this. You're killing more innocent Americans. And then you had uh, the, the defense secretary, secretary defense, Zicky. Yeah. yeah. Like on the other shoulder gone, fuck it. Let's just blow shit yeah, up, let's man. Launch all the nukes right now. <laughs> let's do it. Right. Do it. Just hit the button. And that mother more fire. Oh my God. Like that guy's the ultimate bad guy. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. He, he was even yeah. more one dimensional than the president. He was more one-dimensional than the aliens. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> At least the alien had motivation. He just wanted to get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my God. I hated that guy. I hated that character so much. But, I mean, but that's what this movie does really well, is it it throws out these archetypes, and they, they do really well in standing on their own. Like, you may not like the archetype. You may not like the archetype that the president played. You may not like the archetype. Uh, that the uh, the defense secretary was, but they're all like they're they're well fleshed out. They may be one dimensional, but that one dimension is it's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's consistent and it works. It works with the plot. Now, I did like the movie. Um, I thought Roland Emmerich could have reined Will Smith in a little bit more. Um, he <laughs> especially especially <laughs> the scene after he gets rid of that that. Uh, alien that was on his tail and makes him crash into the cliff face. I, I think you get one, uh, one liner. I don't think you get the, uh, I don't think you get to do two. I don't think you get to do welcome, welcome to, to earth. earth. And yeah. now I call that a close encounter. That just, that doesn't work for me. Well, I mean, maybe it was in his contract. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, was- they used, they used the whole, now that I call a close encounter for the trailer, you know? So, well, I think this was Will Smith's um, break breakout yeah. role, right? Yeah, from, this was uh, Fresh Prince, right? Yeah. So this was his first big movie. Yeah, he he had done a movie before, Six Degrees of Separation, which is an excellent movie. I I recommend it. It's got a stacked cast uh, in is that it sci-fi. No, it's not sci-fi. 
He also he also did Bad Boys. <laughs> so here's was the Bad thing, Boys like, before this. Bad Boys was 1995. Huh. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, so I mean that movie. Th- eh. Well, okay. That's just stop. Just stop. Because <laughs> here's good. the thing. I I am not the biggest Will Smith fan, as I'm sure our uh, listeners know. Uh, I, I I don't typically care for him in movies, but there are two movies, two that I think that he did a really good job. And that doesn't exclude like the artsy stuff. Like I think he did a great job in Muhammad Ali. Uh, and I think he did a good, uh, or in Ali was the name of the movie. Uh, and I thought he did a good job in what's the name of the movie where uh, he's a single father pursuit of happiness. That one. So excluding those two, there's only, so that's four movies total that I think he's done a great job. Uh, this one, uh, is the one that I think he did a really good job in, and Bad Boys is the other one where I you think didn't he didn't did like a really him good in job. Men in Black. I could take him or leave him. Oh my god, he I was so good in that a, movie. He even, was good. Whatever. Was awesome. Even as a young man, I more uh, related to the Tommy Lee Jones character. Hey, I like Tommy Lee Jones in that movie too. I think those two made that movie that him. It was a good, it was a good uh, side by side. Yeah. The the, the buddy cop in that movie was, was awesome. And rip torn just rounded everything out. Ah, rip torn. Uh, I miss we're not talking. We're not talking. Yeah, we've about, already talked about yeah. that. So, well, no, I, right. But I'm just saying like let's, those, those let's go back to Independence Day. This, Independence Day and Bad Boys are the ones where like, when I think of Will Smith, these are the two movies that I think of because all of his other movies I could care less about. But what did Will Smith do in Bad Boys that that set him apart? I mean, well, other than I, having to work, he with was Martin taller Lawrence. than Martin. He, <laughs> he was, was taller t- than Martin. <laughs> I think he was more in control than Martin Lawrence. That's not saying a lot. Well, what, it's not. I mean, it's a very low bar. <laughs> right. But that, but that was, again, you're talking about a movie where you literally have to suspend uh, disbelief. You have to kind of just turn your brain off and enjoy the ride. And some True. movies work that you can do that. Bad Boys is one of them for me. A one that isn't is Miami Vice. Like There are just some movies that resonate with somebody where you can they can turn their brain off and they can just enjoy it for what it is. Some people can't. And it just, it depends. I think that varies from movie to movie because I'm sure there are people out there that looked at this movie and that very first scene where the moon's vibrating went, I can't do it. And they turned it on. Like, they're like, <laughs> nope, nope. If the whole movie's going to be like this, I'm out. But you're able to do it with this movie, but you're not able to do it with other movies. Well, because other movies, I think, take themselves more seriously than this movie. But this movie took itself this seriously took itself enough. Very this seriously. movie took itself seriously somewhat, but it I took itself. I mean, how much more serious can you be than threatening the life of a sweet, innocent dog? <laughs> <laughs> Where did Boomer go? He jumped in. He jumped no, into uh, yeah, the closet. He he, right. Uh, yeah. He jumped into Before, the closet with Vivica A. Fox, which, oh, by the way, was just Viv- my Viv- guess. Vivica. My guess is oh, uh, she said, Vivica. Boomer, stay. And then forgot to say Boomer come. Wait, no, 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 no. Boomer was there with them whenever Where? they found the president's wife because Boomer well, jumped yeah, on that yes. fucking car right, door yeah, that but, was sitting on top right, of her. No, I get that. No, but after that, like when they went into the desert, like we never saw a Boomer. Yeah. I don't know where Boomer went. Maybe right, Boomer like, decided, fuck that. Fuck, I'm not getting in a helicopter and <laughs> left. <laughs> the aliens aren't after me. They're after you, assholes. Yeah. And, and just, speaking uh, of again, helicopters... 
How the fuck did Hiller know how to fly a helicopter? Well, he's a pilot. Well, he's an F-18 pilot. Pilots. No, that doesn't matter. Pilots. Well, are pilots he was pilot. also. I think yeah. it's a different skill set. He, he was applying he can fly for NASA. A spaceship so too. <laughs> he was applying for NASA. So maybe like, he I don't was understand. making himself versatile. I'm sure that he can ride a motorcycle. I'm sure he can drive a car. A pilot's a pilot's a pilot. I, I think that's a different skill set. I think uh, I think helicopter pilots and, and airplane pilots would disagree with you. <laughs> Can we talk about Vivica A. Fox being a stripper? Yeah, I don't see the chicken legs. No, I don't either. Oh, Vivica. Oh, Vivica A. Fox, baby. Call me. Oh, my God. Oh, it's Valentine's Day right now. I hope it's Valentine's Day where you are when you hear this. <laughs> Call me. Oh, man. All right. Put up another restraining order. I'm filling it out now as we speak. It's easier if we just use the form letter and we just insert name here. Fax it to them. Have them sign it. Yeah. Get it filed. Yeah. Yeah. It it saves on legal fees. Yeah, And it's just easier. I mean, they know we're not going to fight it. We can't. (laughs) No. We really can't. Yeah. Why would you fight it? Don't fight it, Vivica. Oh, my Whoa, God. God damn it. Now I got to do another one. Now I got to do a sexual <laughs> harassment um, form letter. And while we're at it, Margaret calling. Oh, Margaret. Oh, baby, you can call me, too. Doesn't have to be Valentine's Day where you're at, either. Just call me. I'm always around. Oh, you're so hot in this movie. Uh, something, something about that, like, nerdy straight lace like oh yeah oh yeah you can be my librarian any day oh my god <laughs> Who wasn't she on the west wing for? too was she i don't know i just remember being like so this this movie i so 96 i actually saw this in the theater in kentucky we were we were visiting a friend and we were like hey let's go see this movie it's supposed to be awesome Packed theater. I think it was 4th of July weekend. Absolutely packed. And I just remember being very uncomfortable because both Vivica Fox and uh, uh, Margaret uh, Cullen did, they both of them did things to me. Oh, yeah. Theater. Yeah, in that theater. Oh, oh yeah. Goodness. You didn't have no. any books to carry in front of you? I didn't. No. I think I had. Uh, I think it's a popcorn, a bag of popcorn that can maybe try to put down, like to cover it up. But there's not. That was, yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> now maybe I'm thinking somebody else. I don't think she was in the West Wing. She's been in other things. Like I recognize her. I'm trying to let me little research on the fly here. I haven't done that in a minute. Uh, let's see what else she's been in. Pretty in Pink. Unfaithful. Uh, yeah. That's. Yeah, the Devil's um, Own. Oh, she was in three the men and Zone. a baby. Uh, Private Lies. That was television, though. <laughs> Magnum PI. <laughs> uh, she was in Gotham. I never watched Gotham. I didn't either. That's why I was surprised. It was only one. It looks like it was one episode. So it looks like she's just a character actor now. Yeah, I guess like, so. She, that's sad. Like, oh, somebody she get this woman some steady girl work for a while. Yeah, so hot, so hot. Yeah, there's really just not a ton to talk about or pick apart if you don't take this movie super seriously. I mean, if you're going to take it seriously, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hold muster. But I don't think it's meant to be taken super seriously. It is a summer blockbuster movie. 
Uh, big budget, big effects, um, lots of action. Uh, it, yeah, but it, let's talk about let's talk about the cast because this is a stacked cast. It is. Well, I mean, was it Judd Hirsch? Judd for Hirsch, ninety six. Yeah, for ninety six. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Judd I mean, Hirsch and there, is a is and an actor that's been around for a while. But I mean, okay, he but, are, but but some of these actors are actors that we know that went on to do other things that are, are they've been great in, like absolutely fantastic, like Adam Baldwin. Sure. And of Brent course, there's Spiner. the indomitable Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He was a huge actor before this movie. So, Can, okay, I'm going to say something controversial, and I know that Rob is probably going to pick me apart, and I know that Jason's going to 100% agree with me. When when uh, uh, Hiller and David are walking uh, out of the desert, right after they've crash landed, after they've saved the day, mm-hmm. and, and killed people in the mothership. And they're both smoking the cigars. And I remember this vividly. And this is mm-hmm. not why I, I smoke cigars. I just want to preface that. Uh, but as they're, as they're walking out, I just remember thinking to myself, you know that line where guys always go, you know, women want me and men want to be me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I looked at Jeff Goldblum in 1996 in that theater. And I went, God damn, I want to be him right now. Like in that <laughs> moment, as he's like, he's just got this fucking swagger. Yeah, he does. As he's, Right. And Judd Hirsch is like, oh, oh, this is healthy now. This is healthy. And he's like, I could get used to this. So, so, um, I'm glad you said that. Um, I'll touch back on that during our, um, during our awards. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you're going to have swagger being Jeff Goldblum and smoking a Swisher Sweet on the salt flats of Utah. I mean, that's just, that's, that's definition of swagger. You look it up in a dictionary and that's what it says. Is that, is it? Yeah. I was, I was unaware of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he does have this, he does have this like air about him after this air of confidence that he didn't really have before. But I think that goes to like, again, all of these characters are fairly shallow, but I think that goes to Goldblum's acting chops where he can kind of flesh this out where before he's this mild mannered guy who, uh, you know, even where his ex-wife is like, you had no ambition. Like you didn't want to, did you ever want to do something, be a part of something that was great? So, so I, uh, Google Jeff Goldblum swagger. Yeah. The top result is the independence day walk. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Christ. Perfect. (laughs) All right. Whatever. Uh, The guy who played the, the guy who played the general, um, Oh, there's Robert, a funny story about that, but go on. Wow. Yeah, Robert, like he's been in a ton of shit. No, William Fitch, Fitchner, wasn't it? No, Robert Logia. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong Independence Day. Yeah, Robert Logia. So there was a there was a <laughs> funny movie about Robert Logia, or funny story about Robert Logia. So um, I think it was, it wasn't Emmerich. It was the person who wrote this. With, uh, Dean Devlin told Robert Logia uh, while they were, shooting the movie to watch the movie airplane to get kind of a a sense of what his character was supposed to be like. Well, he meant watch the movie airport because airplane is a parody movie. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But uh, but uh, Robert Logia went out and got airplane and watched it and then refused to come out of his trailer because he thought he had inadvertently signed on to a parody movie. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. 
yeah, can you imagine being told, yeah, this is a this is a serious movie. You need to you need to watch Airplane to get a sense of your character. I I don't know. See, okay, because I have I, I don't have a frame of reference here, but I would imagine when you read the script, you kind of get a little bit of a sense about what it's about and whether or not it's going to be taken seriously or not, or, or whether it's going to be campy. And then when you're on set and you start, see, you know, you're telling me that all the planes were CGI'd in. Like that takes a level of a budget that's not that wouldn't be in line with a parody. Uh, I don't know. Well, well, I mean, all, all of the all of the uh, scenes that he was in though didn't involve planes. Well, no, you know? but the scene so, with the I mean, alien, where where the alien had uh, Brent Spiner. And was, yeah, uh, yeah, but they hadn't was filmed yeah, that but, yet. He's he's just he's working off a script, and they may not have a lot of description on you know what the alien's doing, or and they may have even posted that after the fact. I mean, that may not they may not have used practical effects on that. I'm not sure. So he may not he may never have seen that anyway while he was even uh, filming. Oh, that had to have been practical effect. The Maybe. alien in. When, when they cut him open and then he like went all, okay. So in, I, I know I'm going to talk about something that we haven't watched yet, but independence day Two resurgence has, I watched that today after Brent this one. Spiner in it. <laughs> I haven't watched it. Didn't You've never seen it. No, it's got Jeff Goldblum in it. It does. have. I Jeff understand. It's, it does. It came out during a time that I was super busy and never got to the theater to watch it. <laughs> right. And I just haven't it, seen it. Okay, but it has Brent Spiner in it playing Dr. What's his name? Novak. So how did that happen? Right. Like, I thought he was dead from the first movie. Nope, just in a coma. (laughs) It's like a soap opera with his character. I kind of like that. I can't believe that he was just in a coma because, like, Major Mitchell checked his pulse and, and looked like he was dead. Yeah, Jane went over and he was like, Data's dead. Where's Mal? That was a bad. Shut up. That was bad. I, <laughs> I was, that was, here so is how where did you they bring him the back crickets. in the movie? Spoiler <laughs> alerts for anybody who hasn't seen it like me, but I really don't give two shits. So how did they bring him back in the movie? Uh, he's been in a coma for 20 years. And they didn't explain. And he And <laughs> yeah. he ends up waking up when the aliens come back. Yeah, when the aliens come back, they wake him uh, up. He was, he was uh, in close contact with the alien uh, and they used his brain. And so they basically said that there is some sort of um, residual effect from that. There's a few of them that have that particular problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he has massive the, migraines now. Is the yeah. second movie as bad as everybody says it is? It's not. It's not terrible. Ter- yeah, it's not terrible. It's not it's, great. It's, it's, it's all not, right. It's not on. It's a sequel. I would say it suffers from sequel syndrome. Okay. It's it's a little. It's a little. It's a little rushed. Yeah. I mean, I don't even the aliens show up in the first like ten minutes. I don't no. even think it cracks thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's it's um. I'm being very generous here, <laughs> I, but I like if you've missed it, there's literally no reason for you to watch it unless it pops up on our list. Perfect. <laughs> just, just make sure it's on the list, would you? 
It's on the list. Or, it's on the, it's or, on the same, I mean, same you might want to watch it. This one, so. Yeah, you might want to watch it for, you, you know, when you're run out of Jeff Goldblum material. Yeah. Let's, uh, can we talk about the iconic lonely. speech? Can we talk about that? Because that speech is iconic. Sure. I mean, the aliens recorded it and showed it in the uh, second. They did record show. it somehow and yeah. showed it in, in, in research. <laughs> yeah. Research has so many problems. But <laughs> this movie doesn't. Uh, and that speech is, uh, I, I thought, well-written. I thought uh, Pullman pulled that off very well. I thought he was very believable. I thought he was relatable. I thought he was authentic. And, so do you, I, do you I, think... I, I would have jumped in a plane. Yeah. Do you think for that speech though, do you think the fact that he tried to start it with the mic backwards was on purpose or do you think <laughs> yeah. he did that on accident and the director said, Oh no, that's pretty good. Let's keep I, uh, yeah. That I, I, you know what? I, I'm going to, I'm going to hope that he did that on purpose. Uh, uh, you know, because he, he did kind of seem like that kind of president, right? Where he wasn't, uh, not not always. He was not the speech maker. He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was just a simple military. Man. He's a simple military guy, right? So I would hope that that was on he, purpose. He deserved but, to be in the sky. Yeah, it probably may have just been him not paying attention, and like there you go. No, I agree. I think the speech was iconic. It definitely is one of the standout moments of the movie. And and when you say Independence Day, that's what a lot of people think of is that speech because it, it was a very well-written speech, very emotional, very moving. Um, I don't know of any politician who would ever make that kind of speech. Um, I think it's beyond. Well, I mean, if it's the end of the world, Oh, even at the end of the world, I, I, I don't see modern day politicians caring that much to caring enough to make that kind of speech. I, I don't know. I think I think in in a situation where where it's the end of the world, the end of civilization as we know it, as you're go, like it's literally going to be if you survive this, everything changes. Kind of moment, then yeah, I can see I I, I can see them uh, making that kind of speech. Yeah. I liked how I'm they more did jaded end of are. the world uh, at the beginning of the. Oh yes, I love that. REM's end of the yeah. world yeah. Uh, as yeah. we know at the beginning it. of the yeah. show. Do you know the? Do you know all those lyrics? Can you ramble all that? I off? used to. I can't anymore. No. There, there's a lot Slacker. of a lot of lines. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't know any of it. Well, it's because you don't feel fine. Never have. Never will. Your loss. <laughs> not really. That song is not good. That it's song okay is that. awesome. Whatever. You just don't like good things. That's not that's not true. I love this movie. This movie is good. Okay, you don't like I was a lot excited of good things. For it. I mean, I thought the movie was so good. I watched the second one. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's on you for being dumb. I'm, no, no, man. I was in the Independence Day groove, and I was like, I looked at my watch, and I go, okay, I got two hours. I looked at the running time; it was an hour and fifty six minutes. I was like, yes, wow. I can do this. So that movie is like half an hour less than this one. Yeah. It is. It is. Thank God. Look, when you're watching that movie, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be very happy <laughs> that it's a half an hour less. Yeah, it's just the right amount Perfect. of sequel. All right, final thoughts, gentlemen. 
Yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, I don't know what you've been doing for the last uh, almost 30 years. Go watch this fucking movie. Yeah, go watch it. It's good. We watched this show, and now you have to. <laughs> now you have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, like it's definitely a recommend. Um, it's it's a sci-fi staple. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's a recommend just because it has gold bloom in it. Shut up. Well, yeah. I mean, nobody, that's, that's a Nobody takes that's your, a major you seriously point. when Okay, you don't recommend involved. it? Are you not recommending it? No, I do. This? I yeah, do, I, but not I because of Goldblum. This doesn't make why I recommend it. I you recommend, recommend all of Goldblum. In spite of Will Smith, you recommend this because of Jeff Goldblum. Name not a bad Jeff else, Goldblum just movie. Jeff. Independence Day 2. I haven't seen it, but it's got to be okay, at least somewhat well. good. You guys have said it's okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And it might be okay just because of Jeff Goldblum. It's okay if you just want to like play in this universe again and you don't care about it. Because honestly, at the end of this movie, everything was tied up in a nice little bow. It didn't matter. Like who thought that there was there would ever be a sequel of this? Well, yeah, you know, and then they and then they left it open and said, Hey, we actually have enough for two more sequels. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. why they're trying to make yeah. this kind of this thing a, a trilogy a or one series. Because Hollywood is out of ideas. Have been for a while. Yep, 100%. All right, James, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Is Independence Day, this uh, this alien invasion blockbuster of 1996, more sci-fi than 11-22-63? In this movie, uh, there are actual extraterrestrials. There are spaceships. There are lasers. Uh, there are pilots that don't know how to pilot uh, F-18s that end up piloting F-18s. There are, uh, there's mind control. Uh, and there is, uh, uh, there, there's big giant, um, we nuke, uh, we nuke Houston. So you're saying no. It, 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 yeah. In yeah. 11 there's a closet. So yes, uh, Independence Day, more sci-fi. Then 112263. Rob, you got a haiku for us this week? I do. This one is titled Earth's Manifesto. To all aliens, we fight till the bitter end or fat girl singing. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. All right. Who's got awards this week? I know it. Rob, who's got your black lung? Uh, I'm going to leave the the end scene for James, and I'm going to go with uh, Daddy Goldblum, always ready with those cigars, uh, especially while he plays chess. Okay, James. I'm actually going to give it to the entire White Knight Squadron because that's their victory dance is lighting up cigars. And beforehand, during the, the briefing, Black Knight. it was Black Knights. Uh, was it Black Knight? I thought it was Black White Knights. Knights. No, Black Knights. Are you sure? Yeah. 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 Fine. The Black Knights. I thought it was a little weird that they were called Black Knights and then their leader was Will Smith. Well, that's just racist on your part. Anyway, they were passing around a box of cigars, tubos, as a matter of fact, because when you put those in your jumpsuit, you got to have something to protect them. So I, I caught on that right away. I was like, oh, tubos. That's the way to do it since not everyone's going to have a, a, a pocket uh, a cigar case. So uh, hats off 
to the Black Knight Squadron, and they get my uh, Black Lung Award. All right. My Black Lung Award is going to go to uh, Mr. Goldblum himself because, yeah, swagger. Swisher Sweets. Swisher Sweets. Salt okay. there, was no, there was no wood tip. There was no plastic tip. There were no tips well, at all. In they, fact, they Swisher Sweets that if don't I am, have tips. If I am going to critique this movie at, at all, I'm going to say that in the scene where they're both in the uh, uh, in the ship uh, kind of contemplating that this is the end and they're going to just have to fire the nuke and die, and but they'll save humanity and they'll take solace in that. They light up their cigars. They don't cut them first. Maybe they well, pre-cut them. You, you, you can only take so much weight up into space. Weight is a premium, okay? <laughs> right. And so they <laughs> cut the tips off to lose weight. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. It was that, it was that one gram that they cut off the end of two cigars that allowed them well, the, to break orbit. And the fact that they didn't bring a cutter with them. Right. Yeah. Cause the cutter's hefty. Sure. All right. Whatever. <laughs> God damn. All right, James, who's got your head lush. Uh, my head lush goes to David, uh, for going on a bender after we nuked Houston, which I would, that would be a celebratory bender for me. Not really a, Oh, what was me? Fuck bender? you. And so uh, it goes to him because I obviously gave him a fantastic idea. Rob? Yeah. Uh, same, same scene, same person for doing his best drinking while drunk on vodka. That wasn't vodka. What uh, was it? I don't know if you've ever had vodka. It sounds <laughs> no, like No, I thought, it. okay, so wait, no, I <laughs> thought, I thought his ex-wife. Brown. Yeah, that was I thought brown, his ex-wife dude. pulled out a clear bottle no, out of the no, fridge. She, okay. No, she put she put the bottle in the fridge and he oh. immediately removed it out of the fridge. Like what I movie wasn't. were you watching? And it was almost empty. Know. Yeah. Okay. That's why it I looked wasn't clear. Attention. But the, the liquid at the bottom was brown. It looked kind of like so probably scotch. W- yeah. scotch or tequila or something. Might have been tequila looked more like scotch because it was it in a looked square more bottle. whiskey-ish, yeah. yeah. It was not Okay. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> Maybe he ate the worm. Okay. You know what? Move on. <laughs> I don't think you should be able to give this award anymore. Do you just guess at what liquor looks like? I close my eyes anytime <laughs> I see alcohol on the screen and go la 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 la. It's of the devil. Oh my god. It's the devil's Kool-Aid. All right, so mine's going to go again to Mr. Goldblum for being on that bender and coming up with the brilliant idea of, well, Stealing the brilliant idea that his father gave him of contributing a computer virus to the mothership. So, I mean, that's where everybody gets all of their great ideas throughout history is they get blackout drunk and have an idea. That's how that, that that's, that's how the show came about. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. This show. Yeah. Blackout drunk. And I had the idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Rob, who's got your player? Um, I'm giving my player to nerdy Goldblum who saves the planet and comes back looking all sexy and ends up getting his ex-wife back. Okay. James. That's it. <laughs> Christ, Rob. Uh, mine goes to Vivica A. Fox for being a stripper, owning the fact that she's a stripper and still being so good at what she does that Will Smith's like, fuck it. Like if I don't, I, She's the reason that I'm not going to get into NASA. Like, that's a pretty good fucking reason. Okay. Uh, mine's going to go to uh, David, a.k.a. Jeff Goldblum, uh, because, yeah, he uh, he got his ex-wife back after saving the planet. James, Whatever. who has your purple hippo? 
uh, uh, goes to Data, Brent Spiner, Doctor, whatever his name was, uh, because when you have an alien in your head, yeah, it doesn't get more fucked up than that. Okay, Rob. Uh, yeah, I gave it to Brett Spiner, uh, specifically because uh, he got choked, and we all know anal probing is better while you're being choked. <laughs> oh, <my Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow. I don't think we all know that, but thanks for <laughs> imparting wow. your knowledge. Well, wow. You know. well, I, I just have, I don't, I have so many questions that I don't want to ask. So many. It's probably better that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mine's going to go to uh, David because. <laughs> Choke me like you love me. You know what? I think I want to change mine. Mine, uh, my. Can you I take can't. my player award? No. My oh, player yeah, award sure. Goes I'll to, be the player. Yeah, goes to yeah. Uh, Rob's wife. Oh, shit. <laughs> For talking him into taking it in the ass and get choked at the same time. Did she have to talk him into it? I Well, I think she just kind of mentioned it. He's or like, I had to talk her into it. I had to talk her into it. Yeah. So mine's going to go to Jeff Goldblum because uh, the dude was afraid to fly and got air sick and uh, he had to overcome that to uh, fly into space and into the bowels of the mothership. Don't talk about bowels. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the theme of this episode is anal, yeah, anal probing. Yeah, so anal probing. Yeah. We didn't talk about Russell enough. We really did not talk about Russell enough. Like he should have got like uh, the, the uh, head lush award because that guy was always drunk. Like he's the he's the, the the silent star of this movie, except he's not very silent. Yeah, but I mean, he's he was there. He was the comic what, relief of the movie. He definitely was. What that. did his kid have? What is? What uh, do you mean? Uh, what is embarrassment? No, no. Like you know, one of his kids was sick. Well, yeah, I think it was, was just a combination of car sickness and anxiety. Yeah, and embarrassment. Like they were all embarrassed of their dad. Yeah, but the one kid, the one kid was like physically sick, and yeah. like they came out, and he said what he had. But I couldn't. Rob, if when aliens invade, and it's not an if, it's a when. When aliens invade, <laughs> you're you're probably gonna puke too. So just like I don't. Why oh, is no. this even a thing? <laughs> He's gonna have a belt and some KY ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they have their own. Wait, 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 wait. Let fine. me let me do it harder. Let me do it harder. Just. <laughs> No, the belt's not tight enough. It's not, I can still breathe. Don't go all David Carradine on us, man. That's not what I need. Yeah, you got to be responsible with that shit. Well, yeah. I mean, it just goes to prove that, uh, you know, that that's what happened because uh, Spiner was back for the second one. So he just he just passed out a little hard. <laughs> right? I mean. <laughs> he didn't tap soon the, enough. The, he, didn't, he could say the safe word fast enough. I think I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Okay, it's, it. it's time to pick the next movie. Who's <laughs> uh, picking the number who's telling me when to stop? Oh, just let Rob do it. He's doing everything else this episode. <laughs> what number, Rob? Um, Let's Is go with eight. Is there a number for... for uh, no, no, we're going to go with eight, you know, because that's how long you've got to last is eight seconds <laughs> right? when, you're ri- when you're riding the lightning. All right. Um, 
when, tell me when to stop. Don't ever stop. Keep choking oh me God, like you I love don't, me. <laughs> don't do that right now. Do it. Do it. I'm almost there. I'm almost God. there. Keep going. Keep stop. Going. <laughs> uh, fine. You said stop. Uh, if you want. Oh my God. Rob, sometimes the podcast gold just literally falls out of you, and I never knew why, and now I do. Just literally, you're. <laughs> Just stop there. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So next week we will be discussing the movie where in a self-destructing world, a vengeful Australian policeman sets out to stop a violent motorcycle gang. This movie is directed by George Miller and stars Mel Gibson and Joanne Samuel. Uh, it is 1979's Mad Max. Yeah. All right. I can get behind that. All right, and that's all we've got for this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at setus underscore podcast, or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Patreon. And make sure to visit Creative Brain Candy for more great shows and other creative works at creativebraincandy.com. God, for this week, I'm Jason. Too tight. Pumpernickel. Save words, Pumpernickel. Stop. Stop. Pumpernickel. I got nothing. I got got nothing. I was going to make a joke about his wife walking in with a strap on, but, you know, I I, I got nothing. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you next week. And if that wasn't a good enough compliment for for Cat and Logan, like I don't, we want. Don't extort people. It's against the law, especially in Canada. But you guys are great. Seriously, I mean it.